0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 92.
1: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to
0: provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYa.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up Book. It's a full color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button on the home page, and download your filler up book today. It's free at CarsYad.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Afshin Benia. Afshin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I sure am. I got my lap belt on right now.
0: Okay, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Love it. Afshin Benia is the founder of Petrolicious, where he and his talented team create beautiful and original videos and articles for classic car enthusiasts. They celebrate the inventions, the personalities, and the aesthetics that ignite our collective lust for great machines. Petrolicious is a group of fans and fanatics, collectors, and racers. One of their many wonderful videos featured Frank Mandarano with his Maserati 3500 GT, who is a guest here on Cars Yeah! At Petrolicious, you're invited to take a ride, entertain your passion, and as they say, drive tastefully. So, Afshin, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Could you take some time and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Uh, I'll be happy to, certainly. Uh, So, I was born in Iran and uh, moved to Los Angeles with my family when I was a very young, nine years old. Ever since I remember, I've been a car guy. Uh, I'll tell you more about that later. Okay. Growing up in Los Angeles, I uh, uh, was always fascinated by cars. Uh, later, I uh, went to school at UCLA, uh, became an uh, engineer at heart. So, somewhat of a geeky background. Uh, went on to join a uh, my family business, uh, which was a uh, software company, and really took it to a different level and turned it into an enterprise uh, application software uh, company, uh, where We grew that business uh, to a nice size and exited in uh, 2011. And I really enjoyed that. It was uh, really a fulfillment of my desire to create things in the technology world and really really build something that is used by uh, uh, many people out there. And all the while, though, I also had a fascination with the creative side of things. Uh, I love photography. I'm an amateur photographer uh, on the side you know, one of my favorite subjects has always been photographing cars. So maybe towards the last couple of years at my previous business, I was noodling over the idea of uh, of what would later become Petrolicious. So that was an idea that, would, that I was developing last couple of years of my, uh, at my last business. So once uh, the exit happened, I had the time and resources to really put, you know, uh, good thought into Petrolicious and, and launch it and um, have it become what it is today?
0: I loved your story in many respects, and one is you've been a passionate car guy your whole life, and growing up in Southern California, of course, fed that passion. I'm sure because I grew up down there as well. The fact that after exiting your your other business, now you've you've wrapped that passion into a new career path, and that's what's so wonderful, and that's what cars, yeah, is all about—is inspiring automotive enthusiasts and. Let me ask you this the name of your company is so much fun how did you come up with that
1: uh, i don't know i kind of uh, seem to have a knack with names petrolicious it i guess it, it was an offshoot of a hobby site that i had created a few years before that um that hobby site was called alphalicious uh. and was a celebration of everything alfa romeo because that's what i'm currently obsessed about <laughs> and um but you know that was just a a very limited blog that I would update maybe once every two weeks with photography of our drives with my fellow Elfisti friends and so forth. So obviously Petrolicious is not strictly alpha or any mark by any means. And I thought it was a nice way to use the same theme, but broaden it um, to include everything that's vintage.
0: Well, I love it. The name is so wonderful. Every time I see it, I just kind of smile. And we just had Keith Martin on the show couple days ago and he's a huge Alfa fan of course Keith with sports car market magazine so you guys share some passions together and, and Alphas are such great cars so I think it's great what you've done here what I'd love to do is we continue on your journey I like to always start the show with a success quote and it's a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so Afshin take the wheel.
1: Sure thing. So I'm going to refer to one of the great Persian poets, uh, Jalal ad-Din, who's better known in the Western world as Rumi. And his quote is, everything in the universe is within you, Ask all from yourself. And I really like this quote because like, in, like all of his poems, it's just loaded with so much meaning. But specifically, you know, I want to highlight a couple of things that I take, personally take away from this, and one has to do with the human potential and how much we are each capable of doing and being and, uh, and that, you know, we, we don't need to look outside. We have to look inside to ourselves to really uh, uh, bring out that potential. And uh, the second aspect of it is really also personal accountability, which is the flip side of the same thing, holding yourself accountable to high standards, uh, facing your failures, and,
0: uh, and things like that. Well, I love that quote. That's really unique and, and wonderful. Afshin, could you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Can you remember back to when that pivotal moment happened in your life when you really knew you were a car guy?
1: Actually, I remember that pretty clearly. This was—I was I was four years old, so it was 1974, and we were living in Iran, and my mom had just bought a brand-new 1974 BMW 2002 in mint green. Mm. Uh, when she bought that home i was like in love with that car and uh you know obviously as a four year old the thing that strikes you first is the shape and the color and the look but it just it at the same time looked aggressive it looked cute it looked fun it has a bright green color and then the more time we spent with that car the more i realized man this is really a a, a great sports car and uh, so just the sound of it the smells of it that's re- what really got me hooked
0: well, those are spectacular cars. I love those cars too, and what fun! Especially in that color, one of my favorite colors, lime green. That's fantastic. What I'd love to do now is uh, take a look at a challenge that you've had in your life, and drive down some roads that you've been down, and really get under the hood and maybe get our hands a little dirty. Could you share with us a huge challenge that you faced in your career, even a, a big failure that really pushed you to a breaking point, and more importantly, share with our listeners how you overcame that situation, and what you learned from it. Do you
1: prefer an automotive uh, challenge? or Well, you know,
0: it can be anything. And what I love about this part of the show, and I get a lot of emails from people that appreciate hearing people's challenges because everybody faces a challenge, whether it's with a vehicle or whether it's a career or with, it, with their life in general. It's nice to understand how people take lemons and turn it into lemonade to use a... Uh, overused quote, but uh, whatever you'd like to share with us.
1: Sure. So speaking of lemons and turning into lemonade, that's a perfect segue into this story. Oh, great. So this was just uh, two years ago, uh, February of 2012. I had recently uh, married my wife, Kika, and uh, she's from Milan, so we, we go back to Milan pretty often. I was really looking forward to, I decided that I'm going to buy a vintage Alpha in Italy and keep it there and use it for you know what I imagine would be these beautiful road trips throughout Italy and and Greater Europe. Oh wow! So you know I thought about what this alpha was going to be, and I thought a sixty eight or sixty nine GTV would be a, a perfect road trip car, uh, and I wanted it in the Oprah yellow, which was the uh, it's, it's a color that not many people love, but I really like it, and it was the color that that car was introduced in at the Turin Auto Show.
0: I love that color, by the way. I think it's a great color, yeah. Uh, thank you.
1: So I uh, kept looking at the classifieds in Italy and found one that was a '68 h TV in ochre yellow, and it wasn't too far from Milan. It was actually located halfway between Milan and Turin. And uh, so I tell Kika that I want to buy this. We negotiate on the price with the seller, and we take a train out to Torino, make a weekend trip out of it. And then we head over to this town and uh, meet up with a seller looking at the car i could tell that this car was not a car that i should buy it was obviously being flipped the owner even told me that he's only had it six months it had a fresh coat of paint on it i could see it was hiding some blemishes i could see some gap alignments that were not lining up properly and so forth but we took it for a test drive anyway and the mechanicals drove uh, checked out pretty well. It drove well. It shifted well. But you know, th- I went against my uh, uh, my instincts and decided to buy it just because I was so eager to get on this fantastic journey of doing these road trips in Italy with such a car. Sure. Uh, and and also it was february in northern italy and uh weather was not good and there was going to be a snowstorm coming within about a couple of hours so i had to decide either to buy it or take the train home so again i decided to buy it i hack down just a couple thousand euro and purchase the car and drive it home no problems and because winter it was winter and we we're heading back to los angeles put it in storage and then come back a few months later when it was nice weather take it out, and, you know, has a few problems, but nothing major. We take it on uh, uh, several road trips. were all beautiful. However, the hood kept popping open every once in a while, and it's, mm. so, it's a little bit annoying. I finally um, take it to this friend of mine whom, from whom I had bought other alphas from and have his personal mechanic check it out. And it was kind of like a situation where you take a string from a sweater and you pull on it and the whole thing unravels. Oh, no. So he looked into what was wrong with the hood uh, that kept popping open and he found out well the alignment is bad but the alignment is bad is because it was in an accident and then he like starts looking into the engine and notices that well this doesn't even have the right, uh, right headers on it and... Uh, so one thing leads to another, and it turns out this car was a total Frankenstein car. Mm. The rear end of it was from a later um, car. The thing had been rear-ended. To make a long story short, this car was, gonna, was going to split in half had we driven it, you know, oh, gosh. miles or so. Yeah. So at this point, I have to decide, well, what am I going to do? I had just spent so much money on this uh, GTV. So, you know, I say in for a penny, in for a pound, uh, and decide to put it through a complete restoration. I end up spending twice as much as what I spent on it initially to restore it, mm-hmm. but now I have a car that's, that looks like it just came out of the factory. Uh-huh. And, uh, since restoration, we've put 4,500 kilometers on it, doing some really wonderful road trips in Italy and Southern France. So in the end, I'm not complaining, but initially I should have gone with my gut instinct and uh, look for a better car.
0: Your passion overtook your common senses, which it often does when it comes to cars for most of us, right? Exactly, yeah. So is that car's name Frank then? Could <laughs> <laughs> be. Could be, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, the old uh, PPI, pre-purchase inspection, uh, would have come in handy there. But uh, I understand we've all bought cars that way. And yeah. look back and either, like you said, uh, sold it or turned around and said, you know what? I'm going to make it the car of my dreams. And that's what you did. That's fantastic. Avshin, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share an aha moment when you had, and I'd love to hear if you had an aha moment with Petrolicious, a time when you realized that your idea, your concept was really going to make it and you could turn this into something viable and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success.
1: Sure, so as I mentioned in the intro, I was, uh, you know, as an avid amateur photographer, I love to take either my own cars out or a friend's cars out and shoot them. And, uh, and you know, back around uh, 2007 or 8, I was really into Top Gear as well, watching a lot of Top Gear episodes on the Internet and uh, and thinking, man, these people have the best jobs and wouldn't it be nice to do something like that. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, as someone who's really into classic and vintage cars, there really wasn't a lot of great video content on YouTube or, or anywhere else online regarding uh, vintage cars, uh, you know, anything I would find or cherish, like there was the uh, Victory by Design series done by uh, Alain Cadene, uh, Dick Cadney, which was really beautiful. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, well, so the aha moment was really uh, realizing that the combination of these various things that I really enjoy doing, you know, photography, vintage cars, uh, technology, you know, these things could be put together to to really make a business and fulfill something that I myself would be a consumer of. You know, I, I would voraciously uh, devour any kind of video content about vintage cars or not not just limited to video, you know, any kind of beautiful photography and so forth. Sure. And, you know, for me, it's, it was, you know, I say vintage cars, but when I say vintage cars, to me, it's a lot more than just a car. To me, just like when I get into that uh, GTV in Italy, it's really about the whole, uh, I hate the word lifestyle, but I have to use it. <laughs> It's about the lifestyle that goes with the vintage car. So it's, you know, kind of dreaming about what it must have been like to drive this car back in 68 in Italy. Or, you know, thinking about what, you know, the world looked like back then. Or what uh, racers back then uh, had at their disposals with their tools and with the technology back then and so forth. So it's really a little bit of escapism. And it's not just the immediate satisfaction of the car, which, you know, itself is, is really important. So Petrolicious really celebrates all of these other touch points, too. So that's why we um, um, focus on design, on, on history, on art, and travel, and things like that, that all, to me, are very integrated with, with uh, vintage cars.
0: Well, I love what you're doing and the other aspect that I really enjoy is bringing the owners into the picture and talking with them or letting them talk about their vehicle and share their passion. It's a lot of what I'm doing here on Carjab, yeah, but in your case you're in, you're adding the beautiful video to it so that the viewer can say, "Wow, here's a guy or a woman like me who is really passionate about their their vintage car and they tell the story and I love the way you guys shoot it. obviously, you spend a lot of time with these people because I can tell you're shooting early morning, late afternoon when they get that beautiful golden light that the photographers love so much is really fantastic. So that's wonderful. Before
1: I, you know, uh, one of the uh, words of encouragement I got uh, when we were first thinking about this was that I've been told many times that whenever I'm really obsessed or passionate about something, I become very contagious. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I influence people into kind of uh, adopting that same passion. So, you know, one of our goals um, from the onset was to spread this passion for vintage cars. And um, every time that we get an email from a fan or somebody who just discovered the site saying that, wow, you've really, you know, turned me on to a new world, or especially when they're coming from younger people who may have not really known about vintage cars so much, it's really, really gratifying and really reassures that, this endeavor was a
0: was a good choice. Oh, sure. And besides the videos, you also have a lot of, of written commentary and stories. I know that this week you've got a, a special going on about road trips. You've asked people to send in pictures of their vehicles with road trips, and you pick some images that you really liked. And it, sounds, it looks like you're asking for stories about people's road trips. So there's a lot more to Petrolicious than just the videos. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, it's... Video is just one medium of the communication, but it's, we let a lot of the people do the storytelling for us, and we, whether it's through the videos to bring out the uh, personal connections that people have with their cars or uh, through sharing of uh, road trip stories or, um, or even uh, mini versions of the video but done in editorial format. It's just there are so many great personal stories that uh, center around vintage cars that you just have to find them and tell them.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. I love it. Let's have a little fun here and talk about your first really special car. It doesn't have to be your first car unless that was something real special, but could you share with us what that vehicle was and maybe a really fond memory you had with it?
1: Sure. My first special car I bought probably when I was in my early 20s, and it was a 1974 BMW 2002. So, you know, the same model that, that my mom bought when uh, uh, when I fell in love with vintage cars. Well, mm-hmm. obviously at the time it was a brand new car, but the same car that uh, uh, that got me started on, on loving cars. So I was in my early 20s and I have a lot of fond memories of doing road trips with my best friend, uh, listening to Faint Zappa on the way <laughs> and things like that. I have one... Interesting story that could have been a disaster story, but which fortunately wasn 't
0: oh sure
1: I had on a Friday night on a Friday, I had taken the car for a brake job, and uh, then uh, right afterwards, I left for santa barbara uh, and uh, so it was about hundred hundred twenty miles each way. Sunday night when I come back to Los Angeles as i 'm getting off the freeway, I hear a really loud thunk coming from the rear of the uh, car and you know, didn't know what to do. I just kept driving. Then I heard another one. And this time I pull over because it sounded really scary. I go check uh, all the wheels. And then I noticed on the right rear wheel, two of the lug nuts had broken off and one was uh, just barely hanging on. So it was really one lug nut holding the rear wheel onto uh, the axle. So I towed the car in. I called the uh, shop. They obviously had not torqued the lug nuts properly and, uh, They're very embarrassed, and uh, fortunately, you know, nothing
0: uh, bad happened. Yeah, oh my gosh, that could have been a disaster. You know, I was on the racetrack. I used to race vintage cars and had a wheel that wasn't torqued down, and I went around a corner, and I felt this strange feeling and looked out of my corner of my eye, and I saw the right right front tire go bouncing off the racetrack. (laughs) Yeah, luckily it was a slow corner, so I was able to just kind of slide over to the shoulder and stop but uh yeah wheels falling off cars not a good thing no (laughs) that's crazy how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle that you've sold in the past that you really wish you could have back
1: absolutely Uh, and that is a 2001 bmw m coupe Mm. uh, with the s54 engine uh, in laguna seca blue with a blue interior I uh, that was the first car that I actually kept longer than three three years. <laughs> That's how much I liked it. I tracked that car many times. I ended up keep, keeping that car for seven years, and I foolishly sold it. I sold it to finance my next purchase, which you know, which was good. But in retrospect, I should have just kept that car. I finally traced down who owns it now. And I'm gonna to try to see if he is willing to sell it back.
0: Ah, sometimes they do come back home. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I hope you get that car back. Is there a current project that you're working on there at Petrolicious right now that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah,
1: we actually have multiple projects, new projects right now that we're working on. On the one hand, it's kind of stretching us thin, but it's also very exciting. One particular project is we've begun to do live events. So we, uh, we did a, a small rally. In uh, early June, here in Southern California, we're planning another uh, one-day rally in Southern California for mid-November. We're going to be planning them more frequently for next year, and they won't be limited to just Southern California either. We want to we want to branch out and, and meet you know some of the people that are following us and kind of bring the bring the essentially the, what we have built on, online into the physical world and connect with people in a real uh, uh, setting.
0: Oh, sounds wonderful. Well, when you're ready to come up here to the Pacific Northwest, give me a call and uh, we can talk about some great roads. I've gone on some fun tours up here with vintage groups, and there's a lot of great roads once you get out of the town in the mountains and and beautiful scenery too. For sure, we'll do. That would be great. So here's an interesting question for you, Afshin. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why?
1: So I had to think about this for a long time. It's a difficult question. But I think probably the best uh, fit would be a 1965 Alfa Romeo Giulia Super T.I. Ooh. And reason being, it's a little bit quiet and understated. It's very quirky looking, and most people won't really even understand it or even look at it twice. But uh, beneath the practical four-door sedan is a very high-performance sports car. With, uh, uh, and, and it's the original sports sedan that kind of spawned off that category at least that's how i like to perceive myself
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah something special underneath the shell exactly (laughs) i like that that's great that's why i asked that question it brings out some really interesting introspective answers from people right and tells us a little bit more about your personality too which is is always fun to learn more about the guests here on cars yeah So here we are up to the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So you said you're buckled up. Are you ready? I sure am. Okay. What's the best automotive advice that you've ever received?
1: Uh, It's one that I should have followed before, and it is, it's better to buy someone else's completed project than to do your own (laughs) list
0: You know, I was thinking that when you were telling that story, and so many guests here on Cars Yeah have said that, buy somebody else's restoration right. uh, because it's always cheaper. But, you know, sometimes it's fun to do it yourself, and when, sure. it's, when it's done, you know everything that's gone into it.
1: Exactly, especially if you're a mechanic or if you're inclined to work on body yourself, then this does not apply. Gosh. That is, that is the, the plus side of doing the restoration is you know exactly what you have. Exactly.
0: Could you share one of your personal habits with us that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: Uh, Sure. I had a harder time with this one because I can think of a lot of bad habits, (laughs) but uh, good habits that contribute to success came up with very little. But, um, and and I say this with complete honesty, uh, I don't really consider myself a success. For me, uh, every project is ongoing and it's never done. It's never, you know, for me, it's never time to celebrate and pop up in the champagne. Maybe, you know, it's not so much a habit, but maybe it's this, this mindset that contributes to the modest success that I've had, the fact that I'm always trying to make the project better, you know, or, you know, set the next goal uh, and things like that.
0: Sure. Always raising the bar. Yeah. I understand the feeling. Do you have a resource that you would like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website or a blog that you get.
1: Actually, it's a person
0: that I would like to mention. Oh, Wonderful.
1: And it's uh, my good friend and someone who's appeared in a couple of our videos, and his name is Manuel uh, Minasian. He is, uh, by trade, he's a jeweler, and that's what he does professionally. But he is uh, the most informed Alpha male resource I know. And as a detail rented jeweler, he can. If you're ever looking to purchase or restore or uh, do anything with an Alpha. He can pick out all the flaws of an alpha that you're looking at and let you know before you even take it to any kind of mechanic. He can oversee a restoration for you. He can guide you on how to restore it so that it's as original as possible. So he's a very generous man, and uh, um, I'll be happy to, for anybody who's interested to share his uh, information.
0: Yeah, does he have a, uh, is there a way to contact him if listeners want to uh, talk to him about his help with cars?
1: I'll ask him if he uh, wants to publish his information publicly, but you're okay. um, certainly welcome to contact me and I'll pass him along. Uh, okay. Again, like I said, he's helped me and many others uh, just out of you know his, his passion for for Alphas um, in helping us with restoration projects and, and things like that.
0: Perfect. Well, we will uh, put on your show notes page how people can get a hold of you through Petrolicious. So I'll remind our listeners that you can... Access all the links on Shin's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash shin And his name is A-F-S-H-I-N. And how about books? Is there a book that you've re- recently read that you really enjoyed that you could share with us? Certainly. The most recent
1: automotive book I read, um, which was actually a pretty good one, was by uh, Bob Lutz. And it was called uh, Car Guys and Bean Counters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's really a tale of, not just uh, this was written while he was at uh, GM, and obviously it has a lot of self-promotion and uh, and waving the GM flag in, within the book. But it's a really insightful book about things that go wrong in corporate America and how companies like GM lost their way and how to get back on track. Listen more to common sense and less to focus groups and uh and things like that but uh, uh it's a great read
0: oh great sounds like a wonderful book we'll make sure we post that as well And you mentioned that you love photography videography and i assume you're a writer as well with the articles are there other interesting hobbies that you have outside of your passion for cars
1: yeah the passion would be wine <laughs> Recently became uh, a sommelier, which doesn't really make me a sommelier by any means. It just means I passed the test. But I really enjoy, again, everything uh, to do with wine, their history, how they're made, and of course, uh, drinking them and and exploring new ones.
0: Uh, Wonderful hobby. I had the pleasure of having an amazing meal in Paris a few years ago when I was there for Retromobile. and a sommelier who came to our table and the immense knowledge he had about the wines they were serving down to the soils and things that the grapes were growing in was just incredible so that yeah. sounds like fun we're up to the checkered flag here F. F- and this last question is a real doozy for some people if you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, but money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you want today. What would that vehicle be, and why did you choose it? Sure. For me, this is an
1: easy question. Okay. And that would be the Alfa Romeo Tipo 33 Stradale. Oh. And really, just one look at the car is is the reason why. I think it's the sexiest car uh, ever made. Um, you know, it's an Alfa Romeo, which is... You know, where my passion lies right now. Right. Yeah, the, the V8 that's sitting behind you, uh, unfortunately, obviously, I've never had the pleasure to drive one, but I've seen one and photographed one very up close. It's just the looking at it gives you the sensation of speed and wanting to be inside that car.
0: Ah, beautiful car. Great choice. Great choice. Well, I've seen you've taken us on a great ride today and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing Petrolicious with our listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that alpha? Sure thing. And
1: that would be to work with people that you like. As much as you have control over this, you know, try to select the people that you would actually hang out with outside of work. Don't let great qualifications alone be a substitute for getting, getting along with people. And of course, the flip side is true, too. You don't, you know, you don't want to work with someone who's... A great pal, but doesn't have the qualifications. But don't underestimate the value of working with people that you enjoy.
0: Well, I love that that uh, suggestion, and I've always said that you are the culmination of the the five people you spend the most time with in your life, and I think that's very true. And today, listeners, you've spent some time with Efshin and me today, some diehard car guys. So hopefully, you had some fun with this. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, Efshin?
1: Uh, really, just go to Petrolicious.com, and if they go to the About page, they'll see uh, a little book about me, and they can always contact me via the info or write us uh, links on Petrolicious.com.
0: And do you guys have a Facebook page as well? Yes,
1: and okay. uh, just search for Petrolicious, and it's there as well.
0: Great. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find all these links at com slash Afshin. And if you type his name into the search bar, his show notes page will pop right up and you can link everything. And I would encourage you to go to the site and check out the videos. Sign up to receive their weekly emails and their videos. You'll really be thankful that you did that. Thank you, Afshin, for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and sharing your experience with our listeners. I was so excited to have you on the show. Well, until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!